We didn't know what to expect with this one, but we had a blast digging into jury consultants, ethics issues, and celebrity murder cases. Also, we talked the legal implications of devils, their advocates, and shape-shifting sex. All that coming up now on Movie Briefs. Because it's devastating to my case! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? By law, you're entitled. It's called disclosure, you dickhead. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What is up, Aaron? <laughs> I just watched one of the weirdest fucking movies <laughs> I've seen. You know what? Here's something. I had never seen this movie. I thought what? I had seen this movie, and then I started watching it, and I'm like, I've never seen this movie in my life. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Okay, before we before we get to any of that, I got I to gotta tell you a real-life story from today. Okay. From today. Okay. Okay. It's okay. not really particularly pertinent. To this, and I know that we've said in other episodes, like, this is not about legal advice. No. But I, I do want to give you guys some personal advice. Yeah. But I'm we're recording this after work, and it's been a day, all right? It's been a day <laughs> in the world yeah. of a lawyer. And I had a call with a client. I'm not going to give you any details about the case. Uh-huh. But I was discussing potential consequences of a guilty plea that may or may not be entered in the near future. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. And there's drunk, mm-hmm. and there's high, mm-hmm. and then there's whatever the fuck my client was when we were on this phone call. <laughs> don't do that, guys. Don't do and that. It's just like, in general, It's hard to talk to your lawyer if that's the case. It's very difficult to be confident that the very important information that I'm trying to give mm-hmm. to you is getting through. Uh-huh. I've got one. If you have a restraining order, this is from yesterday. If you have a restraining order that says that you can't be within 500 feet of somebody, don't appear on a Zoom call in the same car <laughs> <laughs> in court. Just, just, don't do that. Just a little tip. Just, just a little tip. Just a little tip. Do that separate. You do those. Do you, that you separate. Because the thing is, you'll probably be in the same frame. Difficult uh, to argue you're not in the same place. It gets difficult, hard. difficult. It gets hard. But that's just, frankly, the hot girl shit I'm dealing with today. So uh, That's not legal advice, That guys. is not legal that's advice. Just... That is just, I felt close enough to you guys to unload a little bit. Both of you who are listening. And I've, I'm, of course, referring to us, yes, me and you. Yes. And Jess. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Your, oh, your wife listens? She is on it with this like i couldn't pay my husband <laughs> cash money to listen to this podcast i could not we, i there's there's nothing no, it, there's nothing that would get him to listen to this it was the other night and i i think we were getting dinner or something or going to the store and i literally look at her i'm like oh i'll go with you and she's like no no no, no I, I gotta finish the time to kill it's like oh well <laughs> okay i mean to be fair i can't get him to listen to any podcast he's not really like a listener he's not really like a sit around and and watch or listen things you know? like, so it's not it's not personal sure no I, I don't take it that way i mean it might be personal yeah. to you I, i'm okay i'm okay. <laughs> okay all right okay <laughs> i'm good it's fine but anyway so that was i'm sorry i just had to get that off my chest because it happened i don't know 20 minutes ago 
Sure, sure, sure. But, sure, yeah. But I think it is a good time as I am here in sunny California. And I have... My God. Ominous 13 clouds. below zero. I have ominous Five clouds. inches of snow last night. Coming Fuck in. you. I'm looking at these clouds. It is a balmy 46 oh, wind no. chill. Oh, no. Which I think is like... that. It's the devil advocating for us doing this episode. Oh, really? That's what I think. I think is, it, is it a sign that all defense attorneys are going to jail <laughs> for defending guilty clients <laughs> and that childless women are the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity? I they mean, took my ovaries. Okay. Okay. All there's, right. There's yeah. Options. There's options. <laughs> we can talk about that. I mean, I'm not saying like that. That sounds really callous, but it just seemed like the thesis of the film was like, this is what women are for. And also don't be a defense attorney. <laughs> defense attorneys are the devil. Yes. I will say in uh, this movie, which we're obviously talking about the devil's advocate, uh, it, not to be confused with any other devil's advocate, the 1997 Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves, Charlize Theron, Connie Nielsen joint. <laughs> Craig it, T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson, Delroy Lindo. <laughs> A lot, lot of people in this cast. It is a Delroy Lindo joint. I was very surprised. I mean, you want to you use maybe the best actor in the movie for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Taylor, you've misused your cast, okay? I'm just saying. Keanu Reeves is the best actor. Okay, all right. I know it's not a movie podcast, but we got to talk about that real quick. because Oh, he's bad. Oh, he's bad. I mean, Keanu so bad. has not found the craft yet Oh, in this film. It is... Yeah. I think I, I think I sent you a text, right? I think I watched it before you, did. you watched it. You watched it. You sent me a, a video clip. Yeah. I mean I didn't respond to the text, but I did read it and watch the clip. Impossible. Almost almost impossible to be that bad. No, I, I mean it was insane. It was hard to Pacino, Dixie though. Bad. I'm just saying. Pacino's doing some work. Pacino's working. Pacino's <laughs> we're we're in paycheck. Working hard as always. We're in paycheck Pacino land. Okay. <laughs> this is got my Oscar. Now I'm just gonna get paid twenty million to be Pacino. And that's You know what? Up. This is this is the first of many t- movie trivia moments I'm going to have in this movie because there was so much of it and it was all delicious. Well, can we can we do before you give us the first fact? Yes, before we sure, give you the first sure. One, can we? Can I? Are you cool with me telling them about our conversation from like 40 minutes ago? Sure. Yes. Okay. So I'm driving home and we're trying to figure out like, hey, what time's it going to be? And I'm gonna I'm gonna read verbatim here because oh, no, wait, wait, I don't been... know if I'm cool with it. What did I say? <laughs> we've been we've been. Very excited about this episode, which multiple listeners requested, right? Yes, like, that's true. When we announced this whole project, we got two big requests. One was Legally Blonde, and the other one was Devil's Advocate. Like, I couldn't believe the yeah. amount of people that wanted Devil's Advocate. So we've been talking about it for a minute and excited because it's not a movie the two of us are super familiar with. Never uh, seen it. Yeah, you had never seen it. I didn't, like... I thought that I had, though. I thought I had. It's one of those I think you can always picture the cover, and it was on yeah. TNT, like, constantly. Yeah, and I think that I've seen clips of it, and I think I've seen End of Days, and I think I've seen Constantine, <laughs> and I was just like, yep. yeah, that's it. That's I, I've seen that. Yeah, I know what that end is. End of Days. That's fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks anytime. But so... uh about an hour before we hit record on this, you sent me uh, a text that said, I just have so much trivia for this one. Buckle up. I do. Is Buckle what you up. Told. You told me to restrain myself because I wasn't yes. going to be able to handle the trivia. And yep. I ask a simple question given this podcast, legal trivia? Yes. To which you responded, quasi, eh, legal adjacent 
It is legal, yeah, legal adjacent <laughs> trivia. This first one is not even legal adjacent. And then but there's said, some trivia that is legal adjacent. <laughs> but then my favorite thing that you said was, I could write a dissertation on this movie yes. at this point. And that's when I yes. started, I put my foot down on the accelerator mm-hmm. and was like, I need to get home. This just has to happen weaving through now. Los Angeles, oh, just, Hollywood, oh, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I just thought they should know um, how excited we are. But please hit me with this first of what I'm assuming will be many bombshell trivia moments today. That will blow your fucking mind. I am buckled. I'm zipped. Yeah. Okay. Well, this one, this is honestly kind of lukewarm, but I thought it was interesting. Depending on which website you're on, Pacino turned this movie down three to five times, somewhere between (laughs) three and five times. When it was like a more like special effects blockbustery sort of end of days style movie sure. because he didn't think it was interesting enough character wise. So they brought it down to be a more psychological thriller so that Pacino would sign on to it. And then even after they did that, he recommended other actors for it because he didn't think he'd be good at it. And he was like, you, what you need is like a Sean Connery or a Robert Redford, somebody who's like smooth and sexy. Like you don't want you this. Don't, you don't want like <laughs> I understand I'm, my limitations. You know what I'm going to do with this role, and it's not what you guys want. I think what you want is subtlety, and that is just not where <laughs> I am in this part of my career. But I thought that was kind of cool to know that he's, like, you know, self-aware and, like, definitely made the movie better, I'm sure. Oh, he made the movie better unquestionably. Like, this is Pacino doing a Pacino impression, but, like, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with it. I love and I'm it. sure the script improved when he said to tone down the special effects and make it a more interesting make it you know, a more, legal drama. Make it more of a character piece, if you don't mind. <laughs> and that's what I think of when I think of The Devil's Advocate. I think of a character piece. Well, that's what I think of uh, my boy Taylor Hackford. He's like, I'm, I did An Officer and a Gentleman, okay? Did Dolores uh-huh. Claiborne. I want a more character-driven, a, 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 mm-hmm. a, a piece about people. Right. Devil's Advocate, which... Richard Gere was considered for this of role. Of course he was. Of course uh-huh. he was. And Taylor... I mean, this movie's over two and a half hours long. Yes. He yes, it is. covers a lot of territory. Not Some all of say, it legal. <laughs> yeah, not all of it relevant, to use a legal adjacent word. <laughs> not all of it relevant to the story. Uh, but, there, right. but there is unquestionably a point of view. Yes, and that point of view is if you are a criminal defense attorney, you are the scum of the earth. You are literally <laughs> devil spawn. You are the son of Satan, I, I think. is. And also, if you are a woman, yeah. you are there to breed, not shop. Not shop. Don't shop. Don't you shop. Breed. Don't shop. Breed, don't Especially shop. if you don't understand the color palette. God, I have some hot takes about that, too. So Get ready for some color <laughs> symbolism, my friend. So one thing we haven't talked about, and we've done, you know, we've talked a lot about criminal law, and I think we've tried to keep it particular to the issues that are in the movies that we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. This one will obviously get into more, but I don't think we've ever actually addressed the question that you and I probably get asked more than any other question if you're a criminal defense attorney, which is... How, how do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? Thank. How do you? How can you do it? How do you? I've do had it? it yelled at me um, from like from far away. Like I've I've had a woman scream that at me from across a parking lot before. You, uh, um, you I didn't answer. I, I, her. I feel like this movie is a two and a half hour that lady. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh-huh. fair? 
So, do you, I mean, I obviously have my answer. You have your. You want to take a swing at this one? You would, should we explain to everybody? Yeah. Like I take about half. I take a half of a five milligram melatonin because the whole thing gives me a headache, <laughs> and that is how I sleep at night. <laughs> it's a stressful job. And how about you? Sometimes it's you know was last night three Tylenol PMs. I don't know. I have bad knees. Yeah. I need the anti-inflammation. Yeah. Um, but you, did you did you need the Tylenol PMs for moral reasons or just so you could no just to settle just to settle down the knees so I could sleep. Oh, okay, so, all right. Um, you know, guys, that, that's a shitty question to ask criminal defense attorneys. It's mean, okay. It's mean. Um, for multiple reasons, and I don't want to get into the whole. Well, there are asshole defense attorneys. Of course, there's asshole everybody. Sure, yeah, there's asshole there's prosecutors too. Totally asshole. Like lawyers are not a great breeding ground for. Super character. nice people. Character. Excellent. Even though we have to pass a character fitness exam. That's why. Uh, <laughs> That's why. <laughs> they tried but to weed them out, but they can't. They can't. They can't do it. But it's a shitty question because I can promise you, you know, my, my serious answer to this is you want the constitutional protections that having a criminal defense attorney provide. Okay. Um, we, yes, sometimes we defend people who are guilty of the crime that they have been accused of. And if we phone it in, and we don't do a good job, and we just help them get convicted, guess what? They get a new trial. Right. Like, we have to do the job as best as we know how to do it. And when you're going up against a system that is attempting to take away rights, to take away freedom, to potentially incarcerate you, your ability to uh, live as a full and free functioning citizen after uh, a potential guilty plea or verdict... You want somebody who knows what they're doing, and you want the prosecution to have to have it, okay? Like, yeah. you want them to have to have it, and I'm sorry if that offends some of you, but you're going to have to get over that, because that's the system, and I can promise you, and I've had this happen time and time again, where I've had clients tell me, I hate criminal defense attorneys, but then I needed one. Like, then I got mm-hmm. a, DU- a DUI, uh, uh, I got in a fight at a bar, and I got accused mm-hmm. of something. Uh, I got a reckless driving, you know, I had a client who got a reckless driving case and it got, there was no contact, but it gets charged as a felony. And you're like, you know, all of a sudden his life goes from this should have, if anything, been Mm -hmm. an insurance thing where you call your insurance and they take care of the wreck or whatever. Now he's facing more than a year and, you know, he's facing prison. Like, Mm -hmm. I can promise you, I can promise you. You want the system set up the way it is, and you want a good criminal defense attorney, and you want, if they're going to take away rights, you want the government to have it and have to prove it. And, guys, that's the system, and you want it that way, I promise. So, you know, that's kind of my soapbox on asking people, defense attorneys, how do you sleep at night? You know, there's a great line in a movie, I'm sure we're going to, obviously we're going to cover Lincoln Lawyer. I don't think we can actually call this movie briefs if we don't. I'd love to get back into the land of McConaughey <laughs> as quickly as possible. I, you'd like to lick your way back into the McConaughey law? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this wasn't a bad watch, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> no, yeah, I'd like to get back into McConaughey but, law. But, you know, where anyway, he's, got a co- he's got a cop yelling at him about, like, how dare you defend this guy? And he's like, no, mm-hmm. how dare the cop that planted the evidence that allowed him to go free? Like, that's how it happened. It's not me. But mm-hmm. if you miss those things, you get we get in trouble. We, we get, you know... Um, mm-hmm. you know, we have legal issues if we don't do the job. So, um, don't ask criminal defense attorneys, how do you sleep at night? Okay. Well, I, may I add 15 things? You can I add also, a million things. Yes. 
it's just like the, these are the rights guaranteed to you in the Constitution. And, and criminal defense attorneys are the only thing that stands between the government and them violating those rights. Yes. So this uh, criminal defense attorneys are the only people that hold hold accountable like cops coming into your house and just searching your shit for no reason or beating you up for no reason or, you know, prosecutorial misconduct, prosecuting somebody because they just don't like them and like bullshit like that. The the criminal defense attorneys are the ones that stand on that line. And I feel like people really forget that, you know, and I I feel like you want us on that wall. You need us on that wall, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, adding on to that, it's like Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the amount of times I've had a case where my client's been charged with something and in discussions with the prosecutor, they've said, yeah, I know he's not. I know it's probably not good for that. It's like then what why are you charging it? Why would you charge it? And it's why did you charge you know, them with that? It's charged as a bargaining chip, which is wrong. It's terrible. Right. But that happens so very often. So again, to to quote you, you you yeah. want us on that wall, you need us on that wall. And it's important it's important to do. And also when you look at the differences in the American criminal justice system, which isn't perfect, no. of course. No. Um, which the understatement of the century, but you look at us compared to a totalitarian regime or you know like i recently became obsessed with crash landing on you the k-drama yes, as you, you know you have you have uh, got me into it so yes that oh yeah really all right I'm we'll a... talk after yeah. so all right okay so um <laughs> but like they show a north korean trial in that in that show and whether it's accurate or not didn't see a defense attorney anywhere yeah. you know like this is one of those things that is unique to democracy and having rights and you know that stuff so like you know like go easy go easy yeah it's that's like, all i'm saying and, and trust me it's not like we like all our clients it's not about yeah. that we're not we friends we have to talk to these guys so you don't have to you yeah. know like <laughs> and guess what if they did the terrible thing and the cops have found the evidence and the da puts on the case and it's lock solid uh-huh usually they're they're getting convicted okay the system yeah. is set up to convict them I can to, tell you yeah, that. It, I can pro- it's definitely, the, the, the odds are certainly stacked against us. <laughs> and we're going to get into, uh, very shortly here, the like the one surprise thing defense attorneys get to do. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, yep. just cool it, guys. Okay? Like, cool it. Cool it. Uh, <laughs> All right. So we got Keanu. We got Keanu. Uh, you, you, I think we're getting ready to mention it a few minutes ago. Good looking movie. Yeah. Attractive people. Mm-hmm. Attractive people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big time. Did you know that Keanu, the actor, spent time with real defense attorneys in New York City, hung out with them, drank with them, went to court with them for like several weeks before filming this movie to really get the I don't know down? <laughs> like, so I, <laughs> I, I believed everything you said until you said to get dot dot dot. <laughs> I believe Question he hung mark. out with lawyers. I believe he went drinking with them. I believe they broed yeah. out. I don't know that he learned anything. <laughs> I don't think it was in search of any sort of guidance. Or I think maybe his motives were pure. I just don't think he actually learned anything. Oh, all right. Although I will say, two surprises yes. for me with this movie. Yeah. The law is not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not even kind of pretty right? good. Actually, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. spoiler alert: twenty minutes in, guys. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, uh, it's All more right. it's more tactics that kind of get fucked up, not so much what they're doing. So yeah, and you know some ethics and stuff. But okay, so um, we're in the courtroom. We've got a uh, child witness, uh, content warning, child sexual assault. Yes. Um, 
She's the she's that chick from Scream and Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries, and, shout out, yeah. Yeah, and she's talking about a situation that happened to her with uh, her eighth grade teacher, Andy Belfleur, who's sitting next to Keanu. I knew you were going to go Andy Belfleur, and I was just going to be like, also, Where else do you go? super skeezy dude from the deuce. <laughs> and um, he starts like kind of like getting all sweaty and rubbing the desk, to which Keanu realizes that he's super guilty of this crime that she's describing. Um, and then he kind of like Keanu kind of angles himself to like hide that from the jury, which I found well, hilarious. Hiding it from the jury, and I think he knows like there's like press in the first row. Yep. He basically is trying to give him a non-contact hug. Uh huh. Who among us hasn't been there to hide something their client was writing oh, or doing? Well, it's always writing. Like, how many times have you leaned over to your client and been like, "Stop scribbling um, so fast. Just stop, stop. it." Stop drawing pictures of you doing the crime. Yeah. Please. Yeah, just stop writing I did it all over the Super unhelpful. I really appreciate it's it. It's like this isn't how I did it. Don't write that. Don't write that. Yeah. Also stuff like that, though like body language and yeah, like, stu- like stuff exactly like the stuff he's doing. Uh-huh. I've definitely done the same thing Keanu oh, did. Yeah. I've had guys like give the finger under the table. Stop that. Don't give the finger at the witness that's testifying under what does that do for you? Right. Besides possibly sink you. That's besides, ridiculous. besides convict you. I know you're pissed, but you just convicted yourself. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, sometimes they just can't help themselves. But so they take a recess before he cross examines this child. And Keanu starts yelling at his client in the hallway, saying things like, get the fuck away from me. You had me fooled. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a good idea? Is that it's, good lawyering? You know, poor lawyering. You can have that conversation. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. not loudly in public because guys. Oh, yeah. Um, go into one of those little rooms. Yeah. Those just little courthouse the, rooms. Yeah. Go into the attorney room and yeah. you, can, you can motherfuck them up and down for 15 minutes. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Don't but do it that loud, though. Those walls are thin. They're not. You, you, it's a whisper. It's more like, yeah. you motherfucker. It's you more like that. You fooled me. You fucking fooled How me. Did you, why are it. you fondling this desk? Yeah. Stop Stop rubbing yourself. Please. <laughs> Please. For the love of God. So he goes. So apparently he's having a crisis of conscience because he's just realized his client is guilty, which, I mean, okay. Who cares? But then he goes to the courthouse bathroom, which I swear to God I've seen in another movie. I swear I've seen this courthouse bathroom before. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I just assume that that's a bathroom we've seen in 50 movies. Yeah. I, I, like, I, that's the bathroom in, like, from court... American History X, like where Edward Furlong gets <laughs> it's, killed. It's possible. Um, and then uh, he like splashes some water on his face. He goes back. He's going to do the cross-examination. His wife's watching him in the court. Have you ever? Has your wife ever watched you in court? No. So... Uh, I assume she was another attorney for a moment, like his wife. Right, but like she was an attorney. Right, no, I no. thought that. I thought that too because you know you had mentioned you had never seen it. I had seen it. I think mostly on cable because there were definitely aspects of it that I did oh, not. Really? Were there aspects, there were aspects that they don't show on TNT? There were, there were certain scenes, certain portions that probably stick out more now than they did then because really? I don't think I had seen them. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say this. Jess has seen me in court because she was in court on a different matter. And so right. like I happened to walk into court and I don't know that I even knew she was there until I'm getting ready to go up in front of the judge. And so like in that capacity, she saw me mm-hmm. appear in court, but I do know a lawyer who is a trial lawyer and his wife goes to his trials. Like to watch? Yes. For and fun? It, yes. And it's super fucking weird. That is super weird. 
There was a guy that came up here, a defense attorney, to do a case who was like 90 years old, and his wife was also like 90 years old. And every time he did, he, he was like in court, he would say in his opening argument to the jury, that woman in the first row, just so you know, she's not my daughter, she's my wife and my secretary. And every time I was just like, does that... Don't you want to object to that? But you know you're screwed. Like, you can't, like, but... Why would I object to that? It makes the jury hate him <laughs> for, like, <laughs> endlessly. Like, I hope so. Why are I... you comparing your wife to your daughter? Why is your wife your secretary? <laughs> also, you're both 90. This is disgusting. Like, it was... It's it's so many levels of, like, <laughs> yeah. every time. I see. I'm always afraid of, like, the jury going, oh, nice 90-year-olds. Like, anything a 90-year-old says is nice. No, th these two were gross. Like, okay. objectively gross. There was nothing cute about these two. Gotcha. Like, imagine a 90-year-old man with, a, like, the most jet black hair you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> like, slicked I'm, all the way back. I'm picturing a jet black-haired man we both knew back in the day, and I'm trying yeah. to think. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah I, I know exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm with you. Worse, though. And this man had been just barred in two states well, he was a real slime ball 48 left to go <laughs> that's why he practices in military court now. <laughs> um so all right uh he so keanu is getting ready to go back and do one of the probably one of the hardest things that you have to do is as a defense attorney which is cross-examine a, uh, a minor who is the victim of sexual assault yeah and uh, you know I, I want to talk a bit about kind of how to do that. It's it's really difficult. And I want to make clear that what he did in the movie is perfectly valid questioning. The questions are fine. The way in which he did it was insane. <laughs> yeah. And you would But have, the questions are fine. The questions are great. The questions yeah. are great. We're going to talk. It's, it's impeachment evidence. And we're going to talk about how that works in just a second. But I just want to make that differentiation where when we've talked about a time to kill or even some stuff in a few good men or legally blonde, we've kind of talked about like, oh, this is super shitty lawyering. These are terrible questions. Mm -hmm. This was this is fantastic. This is lawyering. great lawyering. But mm -hmm. he would have got his guy. Can There's no way that questioning of that witness in that way results in an NG. In my opinion, because it's very yeah. difficult to go up there. You, like, you don't do it. You don't go batter and barrage and yell at uh, a, child. a child. You just don't do it. You, or you, really any you do, I was going to say, you, you don't, don't do, do that it, to a victim. You don't do it to a victim at all, particularly mm -hmm. a victim of sexual assault. Like, mm -hmm. there have been trials where it's an assault case. It's a couple guys got in a fight or whatever, and the victim's on, on the stand. And you can take him out for a ride a little bit, for sure. If he's lying, yeah. he's making shit up and, you know, all that. But you, there's no way, like, I don't know how that even got put in the movie, that he's just screaming <laughs> at a 14-year-old girl. It's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, at the beginning when he's supposed to be, like, morally, like, pretty okay. Well, he's got the white suit on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets it gets darker and darker, gets darker. until it's like ink black at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed that too. Um, yeah, like, but the the things he was bringing out, the fact that she didn't like this teacher, the fact that she had like a, a party with a sexual game with her friends, which may have been not okay evidence, but I assume that they've had a four twelve hearing already. Yeah, and then 
the fact that she asked other friends to like make up stories about this teacher, like that's fantastic evidence. But see, um, and, and here's the thing: you mentioned bringing a you know a four twelve hearing, which I don't know if that's the same for you as our four oh twos, which is like a motion in limine. No, well, it's it's the rape shield law. Okay, gotcha. Four twelve is the federal rule of evidence that is the rape shield law, which is um, that you can't bring in the sexual history or behaviors of a sexual assault victim to show propensity of that victim to have consented to the crime. So it's based. Basically, you can't say this person's slutty, so she probably consented to this, which um, hasn't been around as long as you think that it should have been no, around. No, no. Um, I mean, we have the analog in California where it's the same thing. Like, uh, you know, if the victim is a prostitute, you can't even bring in, you right. know, you can't bring in convictions of prostitution or or right. anything like that to show that, like you said, consent. So, And there are certain exceptions, which I think this may have fallen under, um, but... Yeah, well, they probably fought that out. This, this sort of leads me to what I wanted to talk about, which was impeachment evidence. And we've talked about the deck is inherently stacked in favor of the prosecution for a number of reasons, okay? Right. First of all, for the most part, being a defense attorney is a reactive position. There's there's you know some cases where somebody will come into you and say, I think I have committed a crime, and you can play a little bit of offense or protection if nothing has been, you know, the cops haven't become involved or uh, mm-hmm. the case hasn't been filed. Those are not the majority of your cases. Usually you get a phone call, I've been charged with a crime, which means the cops have uh, put together an investigation in coordination with the district attorney or state's attorney's office, depending on what they call it in your state. Uh, It has been reviewed, the facts have been reviewed, and they have determined, based on the evidence that they have, to file a a complaint charging you with a crime. So you react to that. Mm-hmm. That is that is an incredibly weak position sometimes to start out from. Like, mm-hmm. we've got yeah. this mountain of evidence. Like, I show up for an arraignment, you know, this was a few weeks ago, and I arraign my guy, and I get handed 200 pages of initial discovery and six discs of, like, here's all the stuff we think means your guy yeah. did it. And, and you're so, looking at it for the first time. And you're looking, been at, looking at it for months. Yes, exactly. And so... You know, you can get your investigation together. You can start investigating the witnesses that you've, you know, you now know exist because you didn't know mm-hmm. existed before and, and things like that. The one uh, arrow that we kind of have is impeachment evidence because um, I guess now's a good time to talk about Brady, right? Mm-hmm. Like the prosecutor, Brady is a one way street. When we, when you hear lawyers talk about Brady, that's the prosecution's duty to disclose evidence to the defense okay it's you got to disclose exculpatory evidence basically no surprises is what brady means uh defense attorneys don't have that same requirement here Mm -hmm. in california it's the hubbard case the hubbard rule where we can have impeachment evidence if you're going to call a witness to the stand we can have run our own investigation on them and if they lie about something that we Mm -hmm. can prove then we get to use, use that, that against and, them. and yeah. we don't have to turn that over right. to the prosecution. Now, we have to turn over our witness list and people who, the, the standard here is intend to call, that you're reasonably mm-hmm. likely to call a trial, but that's the prosecution's witness. You know, this yeah. is the victim. We aren't calling them. They are. And the note that they have, I, I thought this was just a, a really good way to outline this principle. The note is impeachment evidence. So the prosecution didn't know about this little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely proper, because you hear us say a lot, you don't get any surprises. This is the one case... This is one of the surprises, ...where yeah. you get to have that, and... Or if you have a rebuttal witness, that can be a surprise, right. too. rebuttal witness, absolutely. And so, you know, when it comes to impeachment evidence, you can either impeach a witness or you can rehabilitate them. 
But, you know, the rules of evidence, or I'm sorry, the rules of disclosure of evidence are not equal between the prosecution and the defense. And, you know, impeachment sometimes leads to an incredible um, result in a case. I mean, I, I had one where it was alleged that my client had never been in a particular room of a house. And it was basically the entire allegation from the victim was saying this person had never been in this room. So how could they have, it was a robbery case. How could they have Mm -hmm. this stuff? They've never been in there. So that's the only way that they would have it. And my client says, well, I can prove I've been in the room. We have a sex tape. (laughs) Awesome. And I didn't have to turn that over to... Mm-hmm. Uh, the prosecution and we end up showing up to trial with all these text binders of stuff and you know the prosecution shows up with this little binder like all ready to do the trial and she's like what is this and we're like oh that's impeachment evidence on your star witness and she got all mad Sorry. about like you've got to turn that over and it's like no I don't no you don't and even we're if like, it's documentary yeah exactly and so it's not on your case it's not on my case it's not on my I'm not calling this witness you're calling mm-hmm. them not so, my witness um, you know, that one ended up being like, here, I'll give you a little taste. Your whole case is my guy's never been in the room. <laughs> here he is in the room. Yeah, they're in the room. They're in the room. Mm. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that, that's sort of, if you looked at that and go, oh, they don't get to do that. Actually, they do. It's a, re- it's a really good scene, legally speaking. It's just terrible tactics. Mm-hmm. I, um, one of my favorite moments from this questioning was when he was asking about what she told the other kids and the prosecutor objected, like, if, if she can't speak to that evidence, if you need those other witnesses, you need to call those other witnesses. And Keanu screams, if I need to call those children, I will. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't threaten children no, in the court. Again. If I need to. Have you ever seen somebody read a script as poorly as Keanu Reeves read this script? I can I can't even start to tell you how bad. Like, We're not even at the the bar scene is the best one. Oh where it's God. like, this is what Keanu Reeves thinks drunk people act like. It's <laughs> so, nuts. So I, I, I got to tell a Christopher Walken story real quick. Okay. So Christopher Walken, known lunatic. Um, mm-hmm. He told a story once where he said, every time I get a script, I make sure that before my assistant sends it to me, she takes out all the punctuation. Hmm. And she just, I just want to see the words and then I'll decide where I pause and if it's exciting or whatever. Cool. So I'm sure the screenwriter loves that. Mm -hmm. What I think happened here is that (laughs) Keanu Reeves heard that story but got it a little bit wrong and called his assistant and said, okay, I want you to add a shitload (laughs) of punctuation to this script. Every other word, Every, I want there to be some kind of exclamation do point. Do not shy away from exclamation Yeah. Just M dashes everywhere. I'll just pause <laughs> forever. And then scream certain things for no <laughs> and, reason. And by the way, just highlight big portions and caps lock yeah. the hell out of that. Um, yeah. Really. All right. A lot of choices. Choices. So that's so they one, win. Right? Yeah, they, they, well, won. they won. They got the not guilty. I don't think that he would have gotten a not guilty from this trial, but he did. No. Um, and the undefeated lawyer thing is just nonsense. Just oh my god! If you're a defense so attorney and you're you've gotten a, you're not defeated at all. Like you're either brand new or you're a bad defense attorney. Yeah. Like one those no, you're bad. It's just not anyway. Right. So they go to this party, 
at the bar and they all have drinks because they won. Do you remember when Casey, Casey Anthony got not guilty and that defense team went to a bar and like had a big party and had shots and that was yes. all over the news of like the debauchery of like winning the Casey Anthony trial and then going to a bar and having shots and like how dare they and it's like if you just won the casey anthony trial and that's now over and you no longer have to think about that ever again or talk to her ever again and you don't go to a bar and have a shot like i question you absolutely no it is yeah there first of all that trial Yes, they deserved to be able he to go do all of that. He never has to see creepy Andy Belfour <laughs> ever again. Cheers. 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 But I can also tell you, an NG is about as is as good a feeling as you can have as a criminal defense oh, yeah. attorney. Yeah. You just, you cannot, you can't, you cannot beat it because it's impossible to explain what goes into a trial like that. And it's not about celebrating whether you got somebody off of a crime they committed or... You know, I've been lucky enough to get people an NG when they didn't do what they were charged with. Like, they just didn't. Mm-hmm. And it was provable. Yeah, I mean, it was on video, you know? Like, it's provable yeah. that they didn't same. do it. And those are the scary cases when That's you're when like, you, you take five melatonins. Yeah. Because you're oh, like, I've, oh, shit. Yeah, if I yeah. screw this up, an innocent man goes to jail. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it's so it, it scares the shit out of you. And when you get that release, it's like, yes, I will be drinking tonight. Um, the size of the drink will be copious and I will party with whatever energy I have left because it's not going to be much. Yeah, like when you're talking about the how do you sleep at night question, when you're defending like a Hannibal Lecter level person, that, that it's like all the evidence in the world is against this person and you know that you're going to try as hard as you possibly can and you're still going to lose, you sleep pretty good because yeah. you know that you're going to lose even though you do everything you can. Yeah, you can be like, an amazing lawyer and like the, the, you know, the OJ case is what everybody asks about. And you're like, the confluence of events both culturally uh, in America at that time, in LA at that time, and mm-hmm. the gigantic mistakes that were made by the district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. Insane. Uh, just added up to this once in a lifetime event not to mention the fact, I will tell you right now, the defense attorneys were great. Mm-hmm. They, it, they, they did their fucking job. They um, made their money. They made, you know, they definitely made their money. But you know, they were able to take, you know, new technologies and and sort of cast mm-hmm. doubt and things like that, and give the jury a reason, which is the mm-hmm. job. Give them a reason. Right. Um, but anyway, back to devil's right. advocate. Um, so at this bar, this guy comes up and <laughs> offers Keanu a job somehow. He's like flailing around, making out with his wife, doing weird stuff. And this guy's like, hey, would you like to come to New York City and help us pick a jury for a case? Which is kind of nuts. But then, like, I guess it happens. I mean, this this is a thing that happens. There are people that travel around and help attorneys pick juries. They're usually not currently trial lawyers. They're usually subject matter experts in that particular thing. It's what Dr. Phil used to do is help people pick juries. Like, that's a career. Usually it's not like a practicing defense attorney that comes and does that. But I guess I they... I have down here in big letters, jury consultant. Aaron, yeah. what do you think about that? But I mean, at the end of the at the end of the movie, when you find out that he is Satan's son and, you know, like... <laughs> he can realize, read like, minds. Oh, this didn't really need to be believable. Yeah. Um, 
so then we quickly meet his super Christian mom. Um, we see him bite Charlize Theron's ear and get the earring into his mouth, which was a moment for me. Sure, sure. Um, then he goes ahead and goes to New York City and, and does pick that jury. There, there was a lot of me going, God damn you, Keanu. But anyway. <sighs> um earring in his mouth. I do want to talk about... her earring with his tongue. <laughs> I believe anyway, he... I don't think he learned that. That's a different that. podcast. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think he learned that from the lawyers he hung out with in New York. I think he may have. So, so I think that's what he taught them. I think Keanu... <laughs> Maybe. I think Keanu <laughs> had that one in his uh, skill set. But I do want to talk about the jury consultant thing really quick because Mm -hmm. I can tell you a lot of lawyers think that's bullshit. What? Jury consultancy. Yeah, I do. I know a couple people who have done that as a career and they are both fucking Looney Tunes. Yes. And and I can also tell you, I think, in my opinion, I agree with you 100%. I think it's nonsense. But I think there may be a difference perhaps between civil and criminal. I do not have experience on the civil side about, you know, get me this med mal jury or it's see the strategy yes jury selection is important and yes i think about it a lot when i'm in trial but you know for civil stuff it's about like what venue can i get it to is there any way i can get it to st louis is there any way i can get it to Mm -hmm. la or or cook county or whatever like these areas that give larger awards right but you know i've literally never heard someone look at a lawyer and be like you see her over there picks great juries the no the thing for a lawyer is they're great with juries. That's the thing you hear. Yeah. Fucking silk in front of a jury. Or the opposite. By the time yep. they get to court, everything is so stacked because their motions work has been so good and they're so prepared and they know every word in that file that it doesn't matter if they're bumblefucks in front of the jury. Right. Yeah, I've seen it both ways. But yeah, no one's like a good jury picker because the thing is you don't know. You have right. no idea who voted what at the end of the day and you're not going to. Yeah. So, like, this, I mean, obviously it pays off at the end because he can read minds, but mm, yeah. jury consultancy He sees, like, is, this lady and he's like, she's got pain. Like, you're-, you're She's f- got pain. There's something broken inside her. She wants to punish someone for what happened. It's like, okay, Keanu, like, back back up a couple <laughs> back, steps. Back the right? fuck up there, uh, big yeah. dog. Obviously, we will talk about it way more when we get to uh, the runaway jury uh, with respect to that. Mm-hmm. But for those of you that are fans of the TV show Bull, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I agree with you. I think it's nonsense. So anyway, so we get to, we're going to New York to pick this jury. That, yeah. So they, they do pick a jury. He does some pseudo jury science on the jury. Then like that night, apparently the jury returns a verdict in 38 minutes of not guilty. For a firm that does not yet have a criminal division, they did, they went from jury selection to verdict in one day mm-hmm. in a criminal case? And then he's home, and the sun is up. Yep. I yep. don't understand what happened there. Yeah, I was it a traffic ticket? Do they get juries for traffic tickets this in is New like York? The biggest firm in New York. This is Satan's <laughs> law firm. Like, what is going on? So then he gets like pulled in. I'm sorry if I'm going fast, but we got to cook. We're like 45 minutes into no, this. No, just fly. So. He gets pulled into this creepy, 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 creepy law firm. Yes. It's like all concrete, concrete and like rusty metal. Yeah. And he sees like a creepy, like red haired lady in a red suit. And she's that lady from Gladiator. And she's talking Italian. First of all, stop. I'm sorry. Nothing Connie. creepy about Connie Nielsen. We will not right, be okay. saying creepy Connie Nielsen things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm very sorry. And the gentleman is talking about, I'm, he's giving me this look, listener. 
sorry. this very serious that's Lucilla. look. That's Lucilla, right. and we respect I'm sorry. her. Okay, all right, sorry. We we respect the film Gladiator in this friendship. Um, <clears throat> he's giving me another look for the tone with which I said Gladiator, and I will never not. So I'm sorry. We're gonna do Gladiator okay. on this pod somehow. I'm gonna figure it out. How will we? How I'm gonna would figure we? It. We're gonna do. You know what? It's gonna be like a military law again. God. We're gonna talk about oh. the legality of uh, Marcus Aurelius's war. You know where there weren't again. defense attorneys? Coliseum. <laughs> All right. So um, they talk about like the kind of cases they do. They're like a corporate firm. They represent like countries, and then he like puts in there like mostly Middle Eastern countries, as if like maybe that's a little bit of like a racist aside of like those are the evil ones. Right. That was a little rough. Um, everything's like fireplaces, and like it's very <laughs> it's it's a literal hellscape. There were there were a lot of clues that uh was it kevin is his name yeah should leave yeah <laughs> but at the no listen i didn't get to kevin should leave for a while i was digging it like when we went into the when we went into pacino's office and it was just like this huge like <laughs> empty it. space with like a, a huge fire i was kind of like this is I'd work here. Like, okay. I'd work at this okay. firm. Maybe I'll, I'll rephrase that because aesthetically, it's, it actually is pleasing. I'm not going to lie. It is aesthetically, pleasing. Aesthetically, it's nuts, and I love it. But I guess Kevin shouldn't maybe have left, but he definitely should have been like, okay, what do you really want me to do here? Mm-hmm. Because it's not mm-hmm. it's not be a criminal defense attorney. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this Something is afoot, sorry. and I'm in. Sorry, everybody. That's yeah, what I I, no questions asked. I don't care. <laughs> But that's where I would have been. Like, I know that you don't want me to do ethical attorney work here. I know you don't need me to but do I'm the in. goat case. Okay, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> yes. All right. So he goes and meets Pacino in his office, which is super weird. And then, like, there's a space that's like an inf- infinity pool, like on the side of a skyscraper that never fucking comes back. I thought, like, the standoff at the end would be, like, on this terrace or something. No. I have a theory about that. This had uh-huh. to be where the end of the movie was when they wanted it to be a big budget thing with like lightning and shit coming down. Oh, maybe. Right? I don't know, but there were a lot of special effects in the end still. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. That's possible that it was a Ghostbusters style standoff on the, <laughs> the side of this building. Did, by, um, by the way, was this, what do you think, six months after Pacino got his new teeth? Because this was new teeth Pacino. <laughs> he was showing them off. This was Denture's Pacino. He's like, I'm back. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, I wrote crazy green screen infinity pool in my notes, but then later found out that that is not a green screen. What? Not a green no. screen. No. Not a green screen. That place exists. Okay, well, hold on. Exists. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so there is a skyscraper in New York <laughs> with an infinity pool that does not have guardrails. No. They had like apparently eight feet away from them. There was a guards rail that was like taken off, but when oh they like, took it taken off, out, oh, good. They took it off. Cool. Good. No, they no, no, it. not physically. Like oh, okay. they did green screen the guardrail okay. portion of the the okay. place, but and they were never like that close to it. But in terms of like if it's a close up of one of them, uh, it is not a green screen, which is nuts because it um, looks super fake. You got an address for me? No, I I can, but I don't have it right here. Okay, we're gonna we'll talk later. Okay, I want to go. I, I, I went through filming locations in this mother like you would not believe. <laughs> wait, wait, you just wait. No, so when you asked me if I got down a rabbit hole, no, the answer is I didn't go with you. Yeah, on I, this journey. I'm, I'm going I'm with deep. you on it now. This is three hours of podcast. <laughs> Buckle up. Okay. 
So we find out that there's a corporate firm. It wants to have a criminal arm because their clients commit crimes and they want to be able to represent them in the criminal portions of their stuff, which I think is fairly common to have like a small criminal division in a big firm like this. In yeah, case, like, I, I will say criminal uh, law is not practiced typically in gigantic firms. It's it's a lot of no. solos and, you know, uh, partners like small partnerships. But right. I assume if you get to a gigantic because I've had cases referred to me from large insurance companies, mm-hmm. from large law firms that, you know, are huge civil firms and they do corporate law and they do all kinds of things. And then, I'll, you know, I'll know somebody at that firm and say, hey, do you, do you handle, you know, can you mm-hmm. can you take care of this criminal thing for us? And it's like, okay, yeah, absolutely. So it, I'm sure it exists, but it is not popular for gigantic firms to have uh, criminal. No, but them. somewhere like this that seems to do everything, they have like a maritime division, they have like a mergers and acquisitions, yeah, they yeah. have like international law or whatever. I, I think it's actually smart for them to have like two criminal guys so that when like so-and-so's son gets a DUI or whatever, they can yeah. just handle it in-house. So you think Gage to. Whitney probably had a criminal division? I don't know. It's possible. No, I, I, that's a legit question. I think you're right. I'm... I don't think it, it's crazy. Um, okay, so then he's like, he's hired. He's going to be yeah. the criminal lawyer of this firm. There's an apartment building owned by the, devil. the founder of the firm. Who's the devil? Who is who, who is the devil, the devil, Al Pacino, Yeah. where all of his partners live? I would feel very uncomfortable yeah, living in. Yeah, I don't need a super nice partner dorm. Yeah, I don't need a partner dorm where the boss lives on the top floor in his, like, fuck nest, and we all just, like, live below him. And, by the way, I'm so yeah. happy you said fuck nest. Is fuck nest something we can say on the show? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, First all of right. all, there's literally nothing we can't say on this show. It's our show. Okay, okay. all uh, right, cool. There's things we shouldn't say, but nothing yeah. we can't. I don't think fuck nest is uh, one of those. No, it's fuck nest is not. And, and because it's relevant to what got asked, Keanu goes mm. up there and literally asks, where does he fuck? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, no. He said, where does he sleep? And by then, Pacino had bragged to him about how he fucks. Sure. He had bragged to him about, like, I can't wait to get to that conversation, which we are talking about. He yes. bragged to him about how good at sex he is. And so well, then he follows up with, where does he fuck? Because he knows he at least does that. Do you think Pacino, those were the rewrites Pacino was looking for? I think those were handwritten by Pacino in the script and no one saw them before he said them out loud. (laughs) Because what I think the script said was, Pacino, add with real life experience. Add with (laughs) with stories from 1972 New York. All right. So now we have the Moez case, the cockfighting case. It's going to be Keanu's first case, which blew my mind because I couldn't figure out how this case ended up at this firm. Yeah, this is where I I lost the the trail for like our through line story a mm-hmm. little bit here because it feels like that's the tryout right that but, should have been the tryout but like but like why why i think they wanted him to represent like a quote-unquote voodoo guy or something like i feel like this was supposed to be satanic in some way the guy right. hacking up the goat and doing the tongue and everything which is like not great, um, just on right. several different levels, on like a yeah. religious discrimination level, on a racism level, on a it's like all... poor Delroy Lindo having to play this oh, character my level. My boy Delroy, man. Like, he, and... he's, so, he's way too good for what he did in this movie. This is a health code violation. Like Keanu goes into this like dank basement covered in candles where this guy's like massacring goats and eating them. And I'm not sure like 
what health code like i'm pretty sure you can like chop up goats in your basement with a lot of weird candles if like you want to you just can't sell it to anybody right right it didn't what? seem like he was and there was like it was like a, a storm troopers came in to arrest him like it was a sting yeah it was a full-on mm-hmm. op to i go thought it was cockfighting and it wasn't. No, no, it was the the massacring, doing doing the ritual or whatever. Right. Yeah. And but like when they showed that video, I thought it was like a huge cockfighting oh, ring okay, that they gotcha, were busting, gotcha. like based on the police presence in the situation. It's just a man <laughs> eating a chicken or sacrificing one. I don't know. Right. Well, and we we got a question from a listener about like, wouldn't this as a health code violation just be in like some administrative type of court? I will mm-hmm. say it will surprise you how many health code violations, building code violations, municipal code yeah. violations, carry criminal penalties and Our wind criminal, up in criminal yeah. court. Um, so usually for the smaller stuff, like I've had clients that are landlords and it'll be like, oh, you put in a window and you didn't get the proper permit for it. Right, right, right. That's, that's a crime. Like that, that was charged as a crime. Now it infracts, so it's called a wobblet here. So a wobbler is something that can be a felony or a misdemeanor. A wobblet is something that can be an Cute. infraction, right? It's an adorable little Cute. crime. It could yeah. be an infraction for a misdemeanor. That? That's just adorable. But so, like, I agree with your sentiment, but no, it's it will surprise you how many of these things will be criminal liability. So it doesn't yeah, surprise me. I didn't me mind this being that. criminal. No. I minded it showing up at this firm where, like, they casually mention after Keanu does his, uh, his closing and they get the NG that, like, that guy has, like, $15 million, which, like, right. okay, I guess. Well, I don't know. Anyway. I got I got to fact check you real quick, though, because he doesn't get yeah. the NG. He gets he a very peculiar dismissal. Oh, a verdict of dismissal. Yeah, a verdict of dismissal. <laughs> yeah. When the DA is not even allowed to talk because he's choking, and for some right. reason the judge yells at him for choking Yes. and decides yeah. to dismiss it. But that was voodoo magic. That was, no, I know why he was because choking. Because Delroy did something with like a, a cow tongue or something like right. that. So probably the judge was also under some kind of a voodoo magic but see then Again, why do you need not why my do you need the words lawyer? i know like why right? why anything and by why the way anything this is not this is not an exercise in great lawyering obviously mm-hmm. the defense is religious exercise mm-hmm. like anybody who sees that's like well i did think the comparison to circumcision handling rattlesnakes like sort those sorts of things that we've kind of accepted into mainstream society versus like the the shock and awe of massacring a goat i kind of thought that was good lawyering oh i thought it was no i i'm saying he did a good job lawyering it would just be if i'm trying to hold this guy up as like the bright hot shot i thought those were like yeah that's where you're gonna go with this yeah. of course this is yeah. not uncovering you know because he gets all those books he has all his... those books he, like wheeled into his office yeah. yeah that that was unnecessary it's like you're gonna look at this and be like okay so he uh he practices uh alternative that's religion. religion cool yeah religious that, exercise. i learned that from the ten thousand candles in that dank yeah. basement yeah we're gonna we're gonna do religious exercise and i'm gonna argue in front of the judge for a, a motion to dismiss and uh the judge apparently is gonna be so upset with the district attorney for having asthma that he's not gonna mm-hmm. let him argue and he's just gonna dismiss the case so yeah so now we go to Chinatown with Al Pacino slash Satan, and he yes. tells a story about having sex with a lady that is like a long and very graphic story that really amounts to, I had sex with a lady, and then she looked at me weird yep, because she was like amazed that I did all that good sex stuff on her. Because and I snuck that, up on her. Because I snuck up on her, uh-huh. which like not, hey, here's legal advice. Don't sneak don't, up on anybody mm-hmm. with sex. That's not a sneaking don't don't do a sneak for that. That's gonna be that's you're gonna want them to see you. Yep, sneak coming. sex is a big crime. 
<laughs> sneak sex is bad. That's Big one of the crime. worst ones there one is. One of the worst crimes that you could possibly do. Um, yeah, and he makes like a weird analogy how like you should be like a sleeper cell. You know, you shouldn't be like a big bravado sort of guy. Then he talks about a chicken that plays tic-tac-toe. It's a very, very strange monologue um, that meant nothing to me except for Al Pacino's a great actor. He's he really is. good. He is. This monologue meant nothing, See, and I believed it somehow. Here's here's the thing. Like we, we talk, we listed off a lot of great actors, and I I do think. I mean, I, I love Connie Nielsen, but I think she's spectacular in this. Um, I think Pacino's really good in this because they both know what movie they're in. Mm-hmm. I think they're both in The Devil's Advocate as designed. Keanu mm. has no fucking idea what movie this is. Looks great, though. Does look great. Charlize, I don't know my what... girl, looks amazing. Yeah. Also mm-hmm. has no idea what movie she's in. 21 years old in 21. this movie. She's so good. And she's so great. Yeah. Looks I mean, a little bit like Ashley Judd, I'm going to say, with the curly blonde hair. I, just just hey, going to say. Again, you can't lose with either. Um, <laughs> absolute stunners. But... I don't know what happens... <laughs> It was a great Newsies poll. Um, I don't know what happens next in the film, but my next note is, my God, Keanu is such a terrible actor. Dot, dot, dot. Seems like he can lay pipe, though. So I don't know what happens next. <laughs> I think I have something. an idea of what uh, what scene you may be referring to. We're skipping a lot of things. No, because next I have the fancy party. So I don't know what he did between that, that conversation with uh, Al Pacino and the fancy party, but he did something. I think he probably just stood there and you were like, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I need to type this. I th- yeah, I think Johnny Utah can lay. I think that's probably <laughs> how this works. All right. So, um, yeah, they go to like the fancy law party. Pacino's real weird with Charlize, um, wants to pull her hair back for no reason, as if she's never pulled her hair back before, as if her hair wasn't back in the opening scene of this film. Very strange. <laughs> so, um, real quick, real quick, though. I, I, yeah. I hate to keep doubling back, but I got to talk about the mom real quick. I know you mentioned her. Did you uh-huh. get the impression that Keanu and his mom were super close? Mm, yeah. See, I, I did like too. They were. I did too. Like, dad was never there. She, he brings yeah. up, like, I, I feel like they're close. He goes and meets her at church in the first scene, which I feel right. like is a, yeah. And so, don't you think he mentions the name John Milton at some point? Oh, maybe. I don't know. And she never, like, mom never speaks up and is like, oh, that I that's your dad and it's bad. But did she ever know that guy's name? Well, she, she but she didn't say it even when she meets him. Mm, yeah true like mom i'm wondering if he w- went by a different name but even though we, i guess let i'll forgive her at the beginning then even when we come later and she comes to new york and meets him mm-hmm. it's like mom speak up but you, she says she didn't say it because he thought that he got this great job on his own and she didn't want to ruin it for him so she waits until i'm not saying it's a done. good idea but that's how they <laughs> explain it is that she was like oh shit i don't want to ruin my son's like he thinks he's He's gotten this on his own thing. Mm. Listen, Keanu's mom fucked the devil back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, He was a waiter and he paid attention to her and he said something about sheeps and she was into it. She was like sold. Yeah. All right. So that happens. She does talk to that that ginger on the terrace. Um, All right. So like Charlize can't find him. She gets mad at him for leaving her alone at the party. So then he goes up to the the penthouse where Pacino lives. He says, where does he sleep? There's no bedroom. He says, yeah. where does he sleep? Eddie, the other partner of the firm, says he doesn't sleep. Keanu says, where does he fuck? Then Pacino comes out and screams, everywhere! Everywhere! <laughs> 
Whoa! I would, I would so much rather have him gotten best actor for this movie than Scent mm-hmm. of a Woman. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I saw this movie and I forgot about The Godfather. I was so impressed. <laughs> Got what? Hmm, not familiar. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, All right. I have a legal trivia. Oh, okay. Legal trivia. In the penthouse, there is that huge sculpture that is yes. behind the desk when you walk in. I think it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, that sculpture. They did not get the permission of the 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 artist, the sculptor who made that sculpture to use it in the film. Um, you should do that. Yeah. So that guy sued Warner Brothers and said, "You can't use my sculpture." The original version of that sculpture has all the people in it that you see at the end, like. At the end, it kind of swirls for a while, and then the people kind of emerge right. out of it. The people were always there, should have always been there in that sculpture. That's how it was made. Okay. So the settlement in that is settled out of court because they did hella use it and not ask him. Yeah, don't. Yeah, that, was that, that's money. Was that they would like do a? Uh, they refilmed everything with that sculpture, roughly twenty minutes, up to that last scene. Because they had to in the last scene because they had all, like all the people doing stuff and, you know, looking yeah. on and stuff. But anything that wasn't in that last scene up until it changes, they had to refilm after it was originally released. So if you bought a DVD of this movie in 1997 or you saw it in in theaters, it had the sculpture with the original people in it and different and, and the scenes were different because they were not refilmed. And then anything after 1997, it was either digitally taken out or refilmed the scenes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, of a legal case, because, and that is legal adjacent trivia. That is absolutely. That's not even legal adjacent. That's just legal. That's just legal. That's just and legal. then also during the re-edit, um, since they did the digital re-edit in like 2002 or something like that, right? They edited out the World Trade Center. So also, if you have that original release of the DVD that was like in like the 97 to 2000 range, the World Trade Center's in it. And then after that, they just went ahead and edited that out. Now I just wonder, I got to go back to HBO Max. I think that's what I watched it on, it was HBO Max. Yeah, I, uh, I specifically looked for this. And oh, it's, did you, it's did, you did they have it out yeah. of it? Yeah, all digital versions of this, like all streaming, will have the no World Trade Center okay. and the swirly version of the, the sculpture. Awesome work. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. any of that at all. This is... Yeah. <sighs> I'm dead weight today. (laughs) You're Uh, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So one of their clients did a triple murder. Yep. Um, Pam's down, bailing him out, and also, don't worry about it, still downstairs at the party. Pam calls from the jail. She is also at the party. Don't worry about that. It's fine. Yep. Confused me for a while. Thought that was coming back. Didn't come back. Doesn't come back whatsoever. Um, Okay. Who did you think they were trying to uh, spoof with Craig T. Nelson? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> deep deep dive all right like i i went deep with this uh-huh because did you realize it's his apartment oh i absolutely knew it was his apartment it is actually There's, his apartment yes no i know that yes there are there are stills of half-finished trump buildings that are the exact same stills that they show before they show them at that construction site oh shit there are 
the the parallels to Donald Trump are deep in this thing. He's like in he's like in love with his daughter. Like there's yep. so much shit. The wives, like the the not paying the immigrant workers, yep. all kinds of the, shit. The touching the daughter's neck, like that whole oh mm-hmm. my god. I was like, what I was surprised with is. I mean, I, I understand Donald Trump is very, very dumb, but you know the story with Donald Trump in Hollywood, right? No. He always wanted his built like his buildings could, you know, everybody wants to do Trump Tower. Everybody wants his requirement was you can use it if you put me in the movie. Oh. That was always the requirement. Now some movies would put him in it and just cut it after they got mm-hmm. what they needed. Other movies like that's why he shows up in Home Alone Two. Right. It okay. has nothing to do with like, oh, I, Kevin needs to run into Donald Trump. It's they wanted to use Trump sure. Tower in the plaza and he owned it at the time. Okay. So every time he's popping up in these dipshit movies where you're like, why the fuck is Donald Trump here? It's because they wanted to use Trump Tower. That and makes sense. they had to have him in it. And so I'm really interested to know if they told Donald Trump like, yeah, we're going to put you in it. This is what it's going to be. and mm-hmm. But we need to use your apartment. Because well, they literally use his apartment because no set decorator yes. would vomit up that much gold to put into an apartment. Well, that's what, so I looked at every filming location for, I could only get Trump Tower out of them. And I'm like, I want to know if that was his actual, like, penthouse. Like, I don't care if it was at Trump Tower and it was a different area of, like, a different floor, a different penthouse. I want to know if that is Donald Trump's coffee table. And it absolutely was. And it's still there today. (laughs) It's in the Christmas card. I looked at all the Christmas cards. It's there. Well, it, like that weird little cloud-shaped coffee table is still fucking there to this day. I want to know if they just if this is like the bait and switch of all time, right? With him in movies where they say, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna I, we're I gonna read have all the property, all the trivia." I read everything. I I saw nothing about Trump being in the movie. Well, because I I just wonder if they told him we're gonna have a property developer, we're gonna do like. He's going to be accused of something, but then we're going to, he's going to be found not guilty. It's good. Yeah. Uh, wink. Wink, wink. And the Donald was like, He's definitely yeah, not going to kill his wife great. and two sons so they won't know that me. he's fucking his daughter. That's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, That's we're not going to have anything like that involved. <laughs> um, and then they were like, fuck it, and did it. Like, I just, I'm, I'm wildly fascinated with how that is. And I never would have thought about that, but I think it was your boy Davidson. Who was like talking a bunch of shit Pete, on da- Donald Pete Trump Davidson? and was like, "My like, boy, Pete Davidson, is that who yeah, Pete, you're Pete Davidson? About? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure we were talking about the same man. Yes, yes, not Harley or Chuck Davidson, but rather sure. Peter Davidson. Pete, Peter Davidson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was the one kind of making fun of how terrible he was, and like I don't think he can read. He did that interview on radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I just, you know, this guy's just a moron. But he had mentioned, he's like, yeah, and then you talk to him, he's always like, yeah, you got to put me in everything. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the interview. So I started doing some research. I'm like, that's why he's in these terrible, terrible, terrible movies. I'm going to have to dive even deeper than I already dove. That's Uh, interesting. Well, I figured you needed something to do this weekend. All right. Okay. So they meet with Craig T. Nelson, the client who killed his whole family, except for his hot daughter at the uh, construction site for one of his buildings. The line, jury selection already started this morning at every breakfast table in the country, is said, which I kind of like. I think that's I, I thought it was a brilliant line. It's correct. Jury selection already started at every breakfast table in the country. I yeah. wish I would read it in that line. That's a great line. <laughs> well, anyway. the This is why I brought up the reactive discipline earlier, because this is one of the situations where 
you can kind of go on offense and you with somebody who's high profile or a case that's mm-hmm. high profile, you don't really have the ability to stay out of the press or just sit right. back and wait for things to come yep. to you. Yep. Um, you need to be savvy about it, which, you know, we see bad examples of that with the insurrectionist lawyers who went out there and kind of admitted the crimes to the press. Like, don't do yeah. that. Don't do but that. You actually you have to start uh, addressing a narrative if it's going to snowball and avalanche and all those things. So I did like that. I, I thought that was a genius line too. I had that written down. And this is a really good example of what the first few days after an incident like this would look like. And, and they say also that like they want to detail Kevin to it because the prosecutors will never see him coming because they've never heard of him, don't know anything about him. And I actually think that's kind of smart. It's very smart. Absolutely. Yeah. The, whole, the um, whole concept of don't be flashy, don't let them see you coming, I think mm-hmm. is, a, is a very good strategy with respect to being a defense attorney. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. I, I, I see, we all know flashy defense attorneys. We all know middle of the road defense attorneys and we all know kind of sit back mm-hmm. guys. The flashy they all ones, have their merits, it's so but... funny. I do, they just get taken out to lunch by DAs a lot in front of juries. It's yeah. very interesting to watch. Um, so I have an issue with the opening statement in this particular legal case, but I don't really have a problem with what they're doing with respect to preparing the case. The timeline's no. completely whack, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. This case doesn't go to trial for a year, minimum, probably three. Mi- so. Minimum. Like, we're, we're looking at three to four, I would think, right. before yeah. this goes. Okay, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other non-legal stuff going on. <laughs> that Charlize is, awesome. is a brunette it's now. awesome. She's out with the wives. The wives are all topless. They're all like, our boobs are fake, touch them, which... If you're a woman out there and you have friends that have fake boobs, you've all you've been in this situation. It's horrible. <laughs> and you just have to do it and you have to be like, oh, my God, they feel great. Perfect. Um, so good. Um, the perfect. <laughs> the best. Um, <laughs> um, Charlize is being crazy. Uh, they they have sex and she turns into Connie for a little bit. Yep. There's a threesome, non threesome. There's some uh, foot stuff involved. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't love. Keanu looked very uncomfortable with that. He should have been. I yeah, I feel like he looked, he looked very uncomfortable. She she's changing into a different woman, and then he's he's doing foot stuff. It's a lot. So the weird thing with Keanu in this one was, uh, if you haven't seen it, bored with the wife, very excited when it's his sister. Now he doesn't know it's his sister yet, but it eventually right. is his sister. Yeah, yeah. And he's just sort of rolling with the flow of this person mm-hmm. changing in front of him. Yeah. But so he knows it's happening. Yeah. Then when his wife mm-hmm. says people's faces are changing and all this crazy shit's going on, he's like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Yeah. Why? Yeah. This isn't happening. No, it's not. Well, because when it happens to him, it's happy. <laughs> when it happens to her, it's sad. Because, like, at the end, when she's like, oh, uh, Pacino came in and had sex with me. Uh-huh. Uh, and stole my ovaries and did all these terrible things and he cut yeah. me and all this stuff. He's like, he couldn't have been. He was with mm-hmm. me all day. And it's like, yeah. and do you think Connie Nielsen wasn't in your physical space <laughs> when your wife was going back and forth between her being her? and Like, come on, man. Like, but I, yeah, I mean, break. we'll get to that when we do. But like, also, like your wife is clearly going crazy. Like already yes. in this moment, your wife is having a severe mental health break. Unlike, you know, we talked about perfect husband Matthew McConaughey in A Time to Kill oh, yeah, and how he just... really never did, besides that little 
little emotional cheating. The prototype husband who everybody wants. He needed first aid, so she did put that sticker on his butt. Um, (laughs) But besides that, really didn't do anything wrong, you know, and his family left and got mad at him and stuff. Right. This guy is just is fucking up big. Like he's leaving her alone in that house where she's oh. saying she's like having delusions and like she's got people. E- even if he doesn't believe that Al Pacino came in and like actually raped her that afternoon because he was in his sight the whole time, like something happened. Something happened. Like something's well, going on. And like she takes off her robe at the church and she's cut to shit and she's just like, it's 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 you know something bad is happening. And mm-hmm. he is so ambivalent towards the entire, you know, avalanche of shit that is going on with his wife. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So then he, let's see, let's see. The mother comes to visit uh, for a while, then goes home. She's freaked out by, you know, the fact that there's the devil. Um. There's a babysitter witness that they just kind of like drop that she has no green card. And yeah. Like maybe they can use that against her. I don't yeah. think that's anything. No. Um, then he walks in. Now Keanu walks in on what I would like to call a shredding party. Yes. Just just sweaty shredding <laughs> of do- late night, many shredders in a room, just like rabid shredding of documents led by Eddie, the partner. Yeah. What? what does he have an ethical obligation you know, I'm to glad do you brought something that up, with the shredding party? Because I don't know if he does. Are you serious? I don't know. Does he say anything like that? I don't. Things get shredded at law firms sometimes. Like when we're done with cases and we shred duplicates of things or, you know, like there's massive amounts of paper that need to go away at times. Does he say anything that like he, it sounds like he's. It's not the shredding that I think invokes the ethical obligation. It's the. You never saw this. That, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. But he doesn't know what he never saw. Like, I don't know what you say. Like, they're shredding stuff and they're being weird about it. Yeah, you, I, th- I think you probably have to report that I have been asked by a senior partner at my law firm to say that I am unaware of mass shreddings that are happening at the, at the law firm. Something okay, like that. Okay, yeah, all right, okay. But yeah. I but I agree with you. What's really weird just is... Just them shredding the documents and being like, this is for Weaver, just just let it be. I would be yeah. like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm totally with you. Just witnessing the shredding, I don't care if it's 2 a.m. and they're just shredding it. didn't seem that nefarious. It. it was like, yeah, they're doing the shredding now. Yeah, it's, the sh- it's like it's <laughs> shredding. Shred Trust me, I've got so many boxes of files. Like, and, and criminal criminal's a little weirder because there's mm-hmm. rules that say you can get rid of stuff, but technically, like, they can appeal kind of in perpetuity well there are rules that say you have to keep your files for a certain amount of time right but if if things are duplicates you can get rid of them right like photocopy duplicates which is what you usually end up with a lot of shredded duplicates yeah but yeah usually at most like big firms or places that you keep a box of shred and then you put it outside your office on shred day and then the shred truck comes and they take it (laughs) but yeah the shredding itself was not problematic it was eddie coming out and being like look this is for this and don't make I, i'll i'll tell people about you i kind of so. forgot he said don't don't say anything yeah. don't you didn't see this or whatever you, uh, you never saw this um okay so i have to say like pacino's spanish is really bad so bad that they had to dub some of it did you yeah, notice that yeah i i noticed that it was bad <laughs> There was some sound problems in this film. There were a few times people were talking and their lips weren't moving. And there were times that people's lips were moving and they weren't talking. 
that happened multiple times. There's there's a lot of bad tech in this movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. just like 97, obviously, special effects look different than, and then they do now. Like, I'm okay with noticing the green screens, and I'm okay. The, the stuff at the end, I think, looks pretty good. But there's some it's fine. editing technical shit that is really bad. Mm-hmm. And they cut stuff out of this movie. So <laughs> at some point... They watched this and were like, this is the finished product. And I think they meant to cut a few of these. Like, it just looks like they're, like you said, there's there's drop-in comments and there's scenes that literally don't fit. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. do not fit in the movie whatsoever. Um, the the scene, like you were talking about, where uh, everybody was trying on shirts and stuff. Nothing is accomplished in that. That isn't no. accomplished in two other scenes. Like, I get it that sure. she changes her face or she sees something under their skin. Mm-hmm. That's accomplished like three other times. Right. I don't like. I just don't get why certain things are in. So, I feel like they, uh, the editor, forgot to cut some shit out that they were like, "Yeah, get mm-hmm. rid of that," and then it became a hot fucking mess that made like three hundred million dollars or whatever. <laughs> so that night, she has the dream where she has a baby playing with her entrails. Uh, that's a lot. Um, that's where we get the other thesis of this movie that childless women are useless. Useless. So now we get the information that Craig T. Nelson slash Donald Trump was having sex with his assistant. And he had a prenuptial agreement with his wife, who he killed, allegedly, that if he cheated on her, she would get everything. The the prenup was invalid or whatever. Um, So if he was actually cheating with his wife, that would give him a moat or with his assistant, that would give him a motive to kill his wife so that she would never take all his money in a divorce. But then when Keanu investigates it, he finds out that he was having sex with the assistant on the night the wife was murdered. I finally got my innocent client. I feel good about this. Yeah, yeah, which which gets him uh, an alibi. Which, according to this movie, is the only time you're allowed to feel good about being a criminal defense. That is the only time, yes, yes, yes. Uh, There's also, uh, so, like, now now, uh, Charlize is screaming, they took my ovaries, they took my ovaries. Pacino says, like, hey, listen, you can get off this case if you want to go take care of your wife. Keanu's like, fuck you. I'm going (laughs) to stay on this case. Just so you know, if your wife is screaming, like, they took my ovaries, the baby's playing with my entrails, the colors on the walls are changing, you know, I'm seeing demon faces and hearing voices, you can just, you can just withdraw from a case. This, this movie really implies that you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can just, you can just leave. You can go, you can't leave for no reason, but this is, this is a reason that you could definitely. This is certainly a reason at a minimum for a continuance. Right. Right. Let me figure out what's going on with my wife. Let's set a date 90 days out Mm -hmm. and uh, we will reconvene. Yeah. Um, Okay, so now we're at trial. This is one of those cases that I feel like if you're going to stand up there and say, I have an alibi, my client didn't do it, you still have to give, not legally, but you have to give the jury the answer of who did. Yes. Because if you're just like, he wasn't there, it's like, well, then who murdered his wife and two kids for no reason? Like, I really feel like they have that question still in their brain. This is the sleeper's problem. And Sleepers handles it mm-hmm. by having, A, a priest do the testimony, but also having a ticket stub, the ticket stubs mm-hmm. from the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have the ticket stubs in this. Like, they need, right. if they're not going to give me, if they're not going to finger the person who did it. They need, yeah. They need the piece, they need the ticket stubs, and there's no ticket stubs. They need stubs. something else. And just else. Having, having the person who you say you're sleeping with, 
who's also dependent upon you for their livelihood say that you were somewhere else doesn't get you, I think, all the way. I, I agree with you there. Right. Um, but anyway, that's what he's going with. Um, let's see. Do we have the open? Yeah. So the opening statement is, I don't like my client. That First of all, that's a closing argument. Uh, if you're going to make that, <laughs> if you're going to say that, that's a closing <laughs> argument. I was going to say, you said for a while that you had problems with this. I'm like, I've done this. <laughs> like, Is he a good guy, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. No. No. He's a terrible guy. Yeah. I don't like him. Is he this? Now, no. Ha- have you done it in opening or have you done it in closing? Closing. It's always okay. closing. It's always but closing. I thought yeah. you were going to okay. be like, so, don't do this. I will and say I was going to have to be uh, like, yes. I've done totally, this. <laughs> totally agree with that. I have seen a district attorney mm-hmm. in trial, obviously, because you don't do opening statements just for shits and gigs. Right. Take the victim of the crime no. and call him an this? asshole <gasps> in opening statement. Yikes. Which... Was just truly so. First of all, like unless you are directly quoting somebody, and even then, like don't swear. I know no. people do it. I know people do it. I've seen lawyers do it. I actually, I want to get the transcript because I was doing a reader. Um, oh, sorry, I should explain that. Uh, so a reader sometimes uh, there's testimony from a previous trial or testimony from a previous mm-hmm. hearing. The person's not available to come in and give the testimony. But you can have a reader get on the stand and just read the testimony. And it's a very weird exercise where the lawyer will ask you the question that's on the transcript and then you just read it mm-hmm. in front of the jury. It's like so reading I, a script. It's like reading a script, exactly. Like a little play. And you're doing your best to read it in a way that isn't tilting it in one way or another. Right. You're just trying to read it. So I got to be a reader and say some really crazy shit in open court in front of like news cameras and... Like it was a big ass trial. You know and about this? Saying cocksucker and motherfucker. I'm just all this crazy shit. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Outside of that circumstance, do not swear. No. Okay. No. Just don't swear. Um, my first case, I heard the DA use the word cock ring. We decided to go with sex toy. Oh. Um, there's alternatives. <laughs> okay. There are. You never know who you're offending. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, she got up. Uh, this district attorney got up and said, you're probably going to think that the victim of this case is an asshole. I do. Ugh, and no, it was like, and she's right. He was, but like, yeah, probably didn't have to say that because that's a gift. Yeah. That's a gift because when you have a video of the guy being an asshole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're kind of okay that a fight he started, he lost. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. the, that's, that ends up being the case. So, yeah. Yeah. So he gives this opening statement. Where he's like, nobody likes my client. I don't even like my client, but he's not a murderer. But he didn't tell Craig T. Nelson slash Donald Trump, aging narcissist, that he was about to do that. And then, of course, the guy flips out on him. You know, I was about to say backstage, but like in the the attorney room at the courthouse. Like, if you're going to go with that tactic, tell your guy that you're about to insult him. And he's like, looked spontaneous, didn't it? It's like, no, it's never a good idea for your client to look at you like... He, he hates you. Like, what the like, fuck's going on? That's not a good thing. Yeah, um, you, yeah, you want your client to be like, yep, I am an asshole, but I'm not a murderer. Yeah. All right, so he leaves He leaves the courthouse. Eddie, the partner, is really mad at him that, that he, he is made partner, apparently, well, at it's, the law. It's that he's on the founding documents now or something. He, yeah, apparently the founding documents have changed to include Kevin's name. And he's 
I was very confused about like why, like was he jogging? Because then he runs away. <laughs> they they say he was jogging, and he was jogging. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with who Eddie is, he is the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> but like he runs up, he's wearing like this kind of silver like sweatsuit, and then when he runs away, I was just like. What a weird choice. And then it turns out he was jogging. And then he, um, during the crazy monologue by Al Pacino, is run down by three invisible henchmen that are meant to symbolize three of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Why did they not have all four? Oh, do you want to know? I do. Because the white, there there was a guy in white who symbolizes pestilence, and red, who is war, and then black, who is famine, and then guess who is wearing green during his crazy-ass monologue? It is Al Pacino, who symbolizes death, who is the one who killed him. Yep. I did not know that. I've got a lot of symbolism trivia that I've been smushing down this whole time. Did you know also during the like wallpaper and wall paint scene that every time that woman tells Charlize that her color is bad, she's wearing the color that she's telling Charlize is bad? I did not notice that. Like it's a double mind fuck because she's <laughs> like, I hate this color green. And she's like wearing it. And then like the next time it's yellow and she's wearing that yellow. Yeah, it's it's a double triple inception mindfuck um, all right we well we mentioned real quick we mentioned eddie getting killed and i want you yeah. guys to probably all feel a little better about eddie getting killed because jeffrey mm-hmm. jones himself has ran into some legal trouble are you aware of this no jeffrey jones in 2003 pled no contest to employing a 14 year old boy to pose for sexually explicit photographs no shit and then uh later he failed to update his information on the sex registry. That's gotta a no-no. Got to do that. No. Gotta you got to do, do that. You got to do that. So he uh, he pled uh, to that and did an additional 250 hours community service. Now, if I'm wrong, if he pleads no contest, that means he didn't do it, though, right? Yes, that's. <laughs> you want to go ahead. You want to go ahead and throw out what no contest means? I forgot we haven't covered that. You can plead not. You can plead guilty to a crime, um, or you can plead no lower or no contest, depending on what state you're in. It's called different things, but it's basically like I didn't necessarily do the crime, but I do acknowledge that they have enough evidence against me to say that I committed the crime. So I'm not really saying I did it, but like <laughs> I'll go ahead and take that conviction. Thank you. And like for some reason, that makes people feel better about doing it, which. Well, the, the effect is exactly the same. The effect in criminal court is exactly the same. The protection that certain certain crimes lend themselves to is they can't then use that plea against you in any civil matter that would come after it as proof you did the thing. So he can plead right. no contest to employing this kid to take sexually explicit photos. So when this kid sues him later, mm-hmm. if he had just pled guilty, case over, like... You have a statement that says you did it. Yeah. The no contest plea protects you from that. Um, I, I, I do no con. Like, there's some judges that, unless there is a potential pending civil case, won't accept a no contest plea. Oh, um, interesting. But we see it a lot. Like, I do it a ton for, you know, DUIs with an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, you just plead no contest that way. Let the civil attorneys argue it out. But in terms of like priors and like in other kinds of civil matters where it's not like you're getting sued for doing the thing, the conviction can still be used against you. Right. It's it's very much the same thing. Yeah, in, yeah. In most there's, yeah, there's no. It's 
like I said, I I have loved clients who have asked me, would you think you could get a no contest plea on this? Yeah, I can probably swing that. Yeah, because it's the same fucking thing, man. Yeah, like you, I guess what you're still gonna have to do whatever time or whatever yeah. consequence. There is no there's no <laughs> difference. No in one's criminal gonna court care. Yeah. No contest and guilty. So <laughs> no one's gonna care about the little asterisk next to your conviction. Right. Um. So, okay. Eddie's fine. He's dead now. He's he's fine. Yeah, he's dead. Um, and then at his funeral. Um. Oh wait, no, we got witness prep first. Yes. So we're prepping this witness. I think he's doing a great job at witness prep. He is. There's somebody he's else a in good the room. Lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing good. And then he's like, he's kind of play acting what the prosecutor might cross examine her with. Yeah. Um. Which is weird because I thought originally she was a prosecution witness. Because he found out about, like, this Brady evidence, that which is exculpatory evidence that they have to turn over to the defense, like we talked about earlier, that he was having this affair with her, which gave him a motive to kill his wife. And then through Keanu's own investigation, found that there was actually an alibi there. So I thought she was a prosecution witness this whole time. But apparently not. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I, I, don't, I, I was with you until he was prepping her, and then I'm like, I guess I got that wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Um and then he's like kind of doing a, a play cross-examination with her to see what she'll say as an answer to certain questions, which is exactly what you do with a witness. Like, okay, I'm the prosecutor now. I'm going to beat you up a little bit. Or I'm the defense attorney. You know, depending on which side you're on, you always play act as the other side. And then he figures out from her hesitation when he asks her if Donald Trump slash Craig T. Nelson is circumcised that she probably wasn't actually sleeping with him. Right. So the motive doesn't exist and also the alibi doesn't exist, which now it's like, do I call her as a witness now that I think she's lying? I don't know that you know she's lying yet. I think that you know that she's lying. Yeah. But there's a little bit of gray area there. I'm glad you brought this up because I literally wrote, there's a big difference between I don't believe you and I know you're lying. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 ethically speaking, and your obligations are implicated by one and not the other. Yeah. And I think I would see the hesitation and think, ugh, that's not great. I hope she's not lying. And then never ask her the question and then put her on the stand. Um, I'd like to know if my client's circumcised, though. (laughs) Well, is that not on your intake sheet? No, I'm saying, what? (laughs) It's not on my intake sheet, no. Yeah, I've got, like, name, address, driver's license number, circumcised. Really, anybody I meet, yeah, I like to know that. No, I'm just saying, like, if she's going to hesitate and then she's going to say, yes, he's circumcised, the next place I'm going is to my client. Because I don't want that embarrassment on the stand is to yeah. then find out that she she had the wrong answer to that. And then based on that, maybe I don't call her. Um, but just based on this, I don't think he has an ethical problem. But also, she might be a prosecution witness. It would be great if they called her. Yes. And then... He could, and then he could impeach her with this. That well, would be there, outstanding. Yeah, well, and there's nothing that says, like, typically a prosecution witness, like, you'll get a witness list or you'll have witnesses that are in your police reports or whatever that, like, the victim typically isn't going to talk to the defense investigator. The right. cops are not going to talk to the defense investigator. Right. But there is no law prohibiting them like typically i mean non-law enforcement we like my investigators don't call law enforcement officers because they know that's a no but you know they will at least say like i attempted to contact the victim or i attempted to contact this other Mm -hmm. recipient witness Mm -hmm. that the people intend to call and sometimes they'll talk to you and so there would be nothing precluding uh her from talking to the defense even though she could have potentially been a prosecution's witness 
And if you wanted to talk to their witness and their witness said no, usually the judge will give you a wide berth for um, for questions. And Absolutely. Maybe even give you a little bit of time to prep with them before before you call them. Depending because on there the are answer. no there are no depots in you know I think we've right. mentioned that before. You just don't get depots like you do in right. civil court. So um, yeah, if you haven't had a ta- chance to talk to them, basically your first shot at cross examination. As long as you can tie it to something randomly relevant, then you're probably in good shape. Mm-hmm. So they go to Eddie's funeral. Eddie's dead. Um, somebody says he was jogging, if you can believe it, which I thought was hysterical. hilarious. Um, this Nothing is like where tossing Kihanu... shade at a fucking funeral like this yeah, guy. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> can you believe he was jogging? Big Eddie? He... Big Eddie? Yeah. Sweaty Eddie? <laughs> Sweaty, Sweaty Eddie was jogging? <laughs> Nah. Shreddy Eddie? I don't know. <laughs> Look at um, the wordplay today. We are on <laughs> Yeah, we're fire. on. Um, and this is where Keanu figures out that, like, Craig T. Nelson is fucking his daughter because he's, like, fondling her <laughs> back. Like, yeah, he's like, like, well, he's, he's like, like, like twiddling the hair in the back of her neck or yeah, something. Yeah, it's very, it's, like, he's got his a, hand, like, kind of under her dress. It's really rough. It's a creep move. Um, at a funeral. Like, mm-hmm. just... I don't, anyway, whatever. So then Keanu leaves that funeral, sees the doorman at the apartment building, and he says, your wife just left. She looked crazy. She went to the Church of Heavenly Hope. That sticks out in my mind because he said something completely different than she went to the Church of Heavenly Hope. Like, completely different. (laughs) And then that was dubbed over. He goes to, you want to take the scene or? (laughs) Well, you know, he he shows up. Do you want me to do it because I grew up Catholic? Is that why? So I'm oh, more no. familiar with the <laughs> setting. Okay, guys, this is what we're getting at. <laughs> I, I, I go to IMDb a lot. I went to IMDb for this. I wanted to see, hey, who's filling out the cast? And, you know, you scroll down on IMDb and they get to the parental guidance or whatever at the bottom. And typically for movies, it'd be like sex and violence, drugs, <laughs> profanity, whatever. <laughs> and it said sex severe (laughs) right and so i didn't really remember it being that severe because i had you just seen it on cable and so i was like okay and i click on it and typically in all movies how they describe it will be a scene between two women full frontal nudity and breast or you know male full frontal nudity and rear nudity Uh but for some reason i don't even want to say it (laughs) I don't want to say what they described the church scene as, but just go to IMDb and look it up yourself. But it was hilarious, and Cole texted it to me, and it made me giggle so hard, and then I saw it, and I was like, that is what... (laughs) That's what they just because it's an extremely emotional scene where she's talking about being raped by the devil. And then she stands up and she's naked and she's in front of the the church and she's covered in all of these like uh, slash wounds like all over her. It's horrible. It's not sexual in nature in any 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 shape or form. And like IMDb, I think lets like 35 year olds enter these. But for this one entry, they were like, get me a 13 year old kid. Yeah. And have them describe this. It's just, it's nuts. It's crazy. So IMDb, <laughs> check out the parental. I don't want to say it. I can't say it. But, but anyway, uh, you texted it to me and I was like, oh, I guess we're looking forward to this film. And then when I saw what it was, oh, I was like, horrible. no, that's not how we describe this, this scene, is not, IMDb. Just no. Um, 
the foot stuff, like that whole scene, that I would I would call that sexual, comma severe. Yes, um, that was that was yes, not lot, not lot this. going on there, not this scene. Um, this scene was traumatic. Yes. So then, uh, she gets wheeled into a hospital on a gurney. Um, she has this great monologue that is the thesis of the film. We brought this on ourselves. We knew they were guilty, and we just kept taking the money. Yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. story um all right did, did okay no, it did nothing for me this is the moment where i realized that the devil's name was john milton the author of paradise lost Cle- clever yeah clever well taylor hackford's um, known for that yeah really uh okay you've seen um, proof so of then life this... you know what's up <laughs> don't don't start so um <laughs> this guy comes running up to keanu and tells him all the bad stuff about the firm all these horrible clients they've represented it's not a lot. It's it's a lot. So if I missed it, then I missed it. But it's not like things the the firm has done badly or unethically. It's like all of their horrible clients. Like yeah, they, they clients represent all these polluters and these like uh, gun traders and these, uh, you know, criminals. Like they represent criminals. It's like if they're not breaking laws, they don't need lawyers, guy. They don't like, need lawyers. I don't know. And Keanu turns around and is like, I don't know what the fuck you want from me, man. I'm a lawyer, which is yeah. like, that's exactly what I would have. I would have been like, you need to back up about 50 feet from me or I'm going to call the cops. I don't know what you want here. Like, yeah. th- yes. Okay. Yes. These are the things my clients are accused of. Please get away from me. Go I'm, harass them. I'm also you know, like, not going to get into a discussion with you about who I may or may not represent. No, no. And I don't actually mean that he should go harass clients. I just mean, like, I didn't do any of these things. Like, if you think that these people did these things, go write about it in a blog or something. Don't yeah. talk to me about it. And I'm watch out for that. Watch out for that car. Yes. And then he does get hit by a car in the exact moment that Al Pacino sticks his finger into the font at the Catholic Church and then, like, mugs at the camera in a hilarious way. <laughs> I think he was saying to himself... $20 million. I think, <laughs> I think he was saying, get ready for the 45-minute monologue I'm about to do at the end of this film. I'm going to watch um, a fuck fest between my son and daughter. That's what this movie is coming to. But at the end, and I, I think this is important, that guy that is listing off all the bad stuff says to Keanu, I have done some research on you. You know that guy, Getty, that you got off right before you left Florida? They just found him with a dead 10-year-old girl in his trunk. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it seems like a real gotcha moment, but it's like, okay, like, yeah. that's not Keanu's problem. Like, okay, go harass the prosecutor that failed to convict the guy. Go harass yeah. the jury that didn't find him guilty. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. I did my job. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that the witness was problematic. Yeah, I'm sorry that there wasn't enough evidence, you know? Sounds like they're going to get him this time. Yeah, you know, it's case sounds stronger. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so this kind of gets us to the showdown, right? Yes. The yeah, crazy well, ass. We get, we get, like, Mary committing suicide at the hospital, which I just wanted to cl- quickly say, if somebody has stabbed themselves in the neck, what you should do is put pressure on the neck, as Kevin does, as Keanu does to his wife, not render cpr which is what the nurse does when she what busts into was the room. that there is a she has a spouting wound in her neck don't blow and in she's, it don't don't pump more blood out of it 
by doing no. CPR. I just I think that nurse was a demon. She's also well, an actress that was in thirty going on thirty. I recognized her quickly. I was say, she was also a terrible nurse in Homeland too. So. <laughs> Good to know. Bad run for her. Bad run. Yeah. Hope she's doing anyway. well though. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So now now here we are. Now here we are at the showdown. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess this were like here's the thing with this movie. I enjoyed watching it. And I get to the end, and this is sort of the, you know, Lord of the Rings problem, where this movie has ended already a couple times, and this is like ending three of four. Right. And I guess it makes sense, but they're wrapping up, like, they knew they hid the ball from you the whole time. Mm -hmm. And they really didn't do anything to indicate that Connie Nielsen was his sister. No. That... The devil was his dad. Like, there they, yeah. there were no clues to even pick up on. So they get to the mm-hmm. end of it, and they're like, we need this huge, long monologue, which is fucking dope. I love it. I honestly loved the whole movie. I really enjoyed the film. Oh, it's it's very enjoyable to watch. I don't mind. I, like, I got done with it, and I was like, that was long, but mm-hmm. I liked it. <laughs> it was... For a movie whose thesis was Aaron is a terrible person and barely a woman, I really yep. loved it, which is saying something well they started at a deficit and they got you (laughs) yeah they got me so like the idea is okay al pacino is his father yep he's the devil um that ginger connie is his half sister and i hope that that registered on the microphone the (laughs) growl that cole just made um the devil rightly says that Kevin could have saved Mary, his wife, at any time. All she wanted was love. Um, and he started ogling his sister the moment he started at the firm, which is completely accurate. 100% true. Yes. Then he starts being like, you know, you 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 blatantly put on that, that witness that you knew was going to be a liar. Like, all of these things that he did. And, like, some of them are, like, legit. Some of them are not, I think. But there's a lot of, like, I'm a lawyer. Like, that's what I do. Like, this is my job. And I'm like, I'm with you, my friend. And then yep. it's like, you neglected your wife. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sucked, though. That one yeah. that one sucked. <laughs> that's not a lawyer thing. You can yeah. actually be a good spouse and be a lawyer. So yeah. don't don't take that away from this movie. But, yeah, they say, like, law is the new priesthood. Um, that there's more false statement which i did look up that there's more students in law school than there are lawyers on earth that's a falsity that doesn't even um, sound right yeah but so the idea is that the devil he wants he wants keanu to have sex with his sister who is ov- ovulating they tell us she's ovulating do it now yeah impregnate her please so that we can have like a devil family together um yeah. this is before she allison duties out which was uh, the second time that that killed me in a movie. <sighs> so yeah, she gets real naked. She does like a, a Christ pose for a while, yeah. and then she yeah. says, "Who does that remind you of?" Which was real weird. Super weird. Um, then he does make out with his naked sister for like a long time. A little, little longer than is acceptable. Sure. Right. Yeah. And then he like lays her down on a table and he's like, yeah, I'm about to do it. I'm about to do my sister. And then he shoots himself in the head. He could have done that without making out with the person he knew was yes, his sister. That's the thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing. At any point during this 45 minute monologue, he could have been like, you know what? I think the only way out of this situation is to kill myself and save humanity and blah, blah, blah. But he wanted to smooch that sister. One more time. One more time. Yeah. I mean, 
that's a choice. Here's the thing I really enjoyed about the this monologue was Pacino continually looking at him and be like, dude, I didn't do shit. Yeah. I presented you with opportunity. I did not Mm -hmm. manifest anything. I didn't force you to do anything, including making out with your sister. I didn't make you do that. No. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. I told you she's your sister, Mm -hmm. and then you did that. Yeah. So I don't know what to tell you. Like, I I just, I I dug that entire thing. He kills himself. And I got to ask you from a, I mean, I know you said you love the movie, so you're probably cool with the rewind None of This Matters ending. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought that that's where we were going as soon as Mary died. I was like, nah, there's, he's going to wake up at the end of this somehow. And it's going to be, and he's going to make a choice and he's going to make the good choice, which didn't really end up being true. No. Um, Which I liked. I liked that at the end, he was like, still vain. Going to get him back. Yeah. Yeah. He gets back to to the Getty trial, to the eighth grade teacher trial with uh, with Princess Bride girl on the stand. Princess Bride, Princess Diaries girl on the Diaries, stand. Yeah. And uh, he, in the middle of that witness questioning, stands up and withdraws from the case. He actually says, I think he's recusing himself, which is wrong, but he withdraws and he says right. he can no longer represent this client. That's a little rough. Um yeah, it's both rough in what he's doing and how he's doing it. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't do it in front of everybody like that, for sure. By the way, first time we've said this in the entire pod, mistrial. Yeah. That would mistrial. be a mistrial, and they I'm sure they did a mistrial. That seemed yeah. like what happened. Yep. Um, I don't think that finding out your client is guilty is grounds to withdraw from a case. It's not. It's I, not. I don't know what he said to the judge. In the in the conference where he said he needed to withdraw, but if it was I just figured out he's guilty because of the way he was fondling the table, the judge would say "fuck you, go back out there and represent your client." We're in the middle of a trial because the closer you get to a trial, the less likely the judge is to let you withdraw, especially for a reason like that. Right, and you know I, I think the way you probably end up couching it if you truly think you have a conflict is you have to tell the judge that there has been a fundamental breakdown in Mm -hmm. the attorney-client relationship and yeah now we get you there and and i still don't know that the judge would let you off in the middle of a trial is really rough like i said the closer you get to a trial the harder that's going to be in the middle of the complaining witness's testimony especially when that complaining witness is a child and the judge knows that if we do this again she's going to have to do that whole thing again yep i think that judge needs something like my client punched me in the face in the hallway. I don't know. Yeah. Even that even my, then, my I don't know if I'm a judge. My family, my there client. There you go. Like, that would do it. Yeah. Uh the, the KKK bombed my house last yeah. night. Something Basically, like that. Basically anything that happened in a time to kill would have done it. Yeah, it would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I really feel like even if his client punched him in the face in the hallway, no. I really feel like he's still on the case. No, because it's not he's it's not like he's gonna get put on the stand to say, How'd you get that black eye? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot. He wouldn't get disbarred. I was just going to say, he's not getting disbarred for it, though. He'll get he maybe would get suspended. Forced, but. Yeah, he would get forced to, like, the judge would probably order him to finish the case yeah. nine times out of ten, 90 time, 99 times out of 100. The judge orders him to finish the case regardless of what's going on. And then if he refuses to, then he's in trouble. Then he might get suspended or something. Oh, he'll get suspended. I mean, then he'll, like, he'll get thrown in jail for that. Um, sure, but like law license wise, he yeah, probably wouldn't yeah, get absolutely. disbarred for that. But he no, I don't think he'd get disbarred. Uh, he's certainly not going to be a hero to anybody in the legal community. I can tell you that. 
Or the press, no. (laughs) So then some reporter says he's going to be a star, and then that reporter is the devil. Is the devil. Which he knew was the devil, because the devil in that 45-minute speech told him Mm -hmm. he was the guy in the fucking bathroom. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, goddamn it. Like, goddamn it. Call me in the morning. Says to the devil, call me in the morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... That's the devil's advocate. I mean, we got awards to give. I think we have legit awards here. We got We have awards. I want to I have a hot take and oh. I have a special award. Okay. That I perfect. Give. Hot take. Hot take me. Let's do this. Hot take. And I want to say very clearly, I was a prosecutor for 5 years. I'm a civil prosecutor now currently, okay? The devil's not a defense attorney. The devil is a prosecutor. I had this thought while watching the film. Wow. Here's the thing. The devil is the is into punishing bad people. That's his whole thing, right? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm with you. I, I mean, feel like if anything, God in, in that paradigm, like guys, I'm not a Christian, but I feel like <laughs> in that paradigm, God's trying to rescue the souls, right? He's trying to rehabilitate everybody. He's trying to keep everybody free, trying to scoop them up and get them to heaven, right? It's the devil that wants to punish all the bad people. Just put it out there. It's just a hot take that I developed during the film. Growing up Catholic, I can say a lot more of my Catholic education was God is disappointed in you, Cole. (laughs) And um, I can tell you, as somebody who grew up with you, (laughs) they were right. Uh, I guess we're going to have to see how many listeners come from Pegan on this episode. Um, So, award. Should we start with best lawyer? Yeah. I thought Keanu was a great lawyer. I don't know. It feels like Connie Nielsen was probably the best lawyer. Why do you think that? Because she can speak Italian? We didn't even see her do any lawyering. I know, but I feel like when she was speaking Italian, she was getting some really cool shit done. Wow. Wow. You, you think just because she's pacing around her office with an earpiece in, that meant good lawyering? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'll give, wow. Keanu gets a silver, but... Next time I'm blind due to lickability, we're revisiting <laughs> this moment. Look. You gave best lawyer to someone who did zero lawyering Well, in you the don't film. know. You don't know that. Yeah, well, I don't know that uh, Bill from Mergers and Acquisitions did any lawyering either. You don't see me giving him any awards. Pam didn't do any lawyering either. I'm not asking you to give your best lawyer award to Lucilla, but I am. All right, fine. Worst lawyer. Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. I think so, for sure. Shreddy Eddie. Shreddy Eddie, (laughs) definitely not a good lawyer. I do have a question, though. I do have a question. In The Devil's Law Firm, Mm -hmm. are they all demons? Like, does Eddie not a demon? He's just a regular dude that doesn't know the program? I think he was a dude that like made a deal with the devil, because oh, I didn't because in Pacino's like, like monologue over the um over his murder, or you know whatever you want to call that, he was saying I got him through like and he kept listing things that he had done wrong that he hadn't like been punished for. So I think he'd made a deal with him, and now it was reckoning time. So like in two thousand three, when he uh, yes yes hired a fourteen year old boy to when pose he did create that for, child pornography yeah. yeah. Those yep. child victim images. Um, yes. That will do it. And now it's soul harvesting time because he's no longer <laughs> useful to Pacino. I think I some think... of them were demons and some of them weren't. Yeah, Or, I like you that. know, I think there's also, like, an idea of, like, they are turning into demons, too. 
Yeah, I just I didn't get sadly. I never thought I'd say this, but like I kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about what that culture, mm-hmm. like what that was, because yeah. it wasn't just the lawyers. Because obviously, one of the lawyers' wives was a demon or turning into a demon mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So mm-hmm. most unethical. This we've got a little bit more of a discussion. <sighs> yeah, I I feel like I'm gonna go with Pacino on that one. Yeah, I feel like he's having sex with. Everyone to include, by the way, to include his daughter. His we daughter. didn't mention this. He's definitely having sex with her. Had a threesome with the daughter. Yep. Yeah, because there's that with the elevator closes and she's licking that other lady, and he's definitely implying he's about to go do her. That's rough. Yeah, I mean, he anyway. invites Keanu, and yeah. uh, Keanu's like, "No," and he's like, "You sure?" Yeah. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Dad. So yeah, he is having sex with his daughter slash employee. That's pretty rough. Um. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff going on in that firm that's not very ethical, so I'm going to go with Satan on that one. <laughs> Satan coming in strong. Satan. I I kind of want to go with Keanu, mm-hmm. but it's unclear. I'm going to take the position that his wisdom with juries and his wisdom with all of these these unexplainable powers is the fact that he can kind of read minds. like Just like when they were on the subway... Al Pacino mm-hmm. could read the mind of the guys he was speaking incredibly bad Spanish to. Well, he said, and um, we didn't we didn't mention this, but he said to Pacino that he spent five years listening to juries through a hole in the wall at the courthouse. Right, I was just getting there. Yeah, and we never mentioned that. That's pretty pretty fucking unethical. <laughs> but I was wondering whether that was him hearing the voices of the jurors and not actually like you know ear yeah. up to the wall, but. That's where I was going next is I was like, he was listening to juries as a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. He was, in his opinion, in his opinion, Mm -hmm. calling witnesses to the stand he knew were lying. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Keanu with Most Unethical, even though he was in the running for best lawyer because he does have skills. He does do. He does have skills. I I just, I just really have to go with Satan here. He did. (laughs) Got to hold strong with Satan. He he did rape the wife of one of his partners at his firm. Um, I just, he is trying to convince one of his employees to have sex with his sister. Who's also his daughter. It's just, you know, it's just a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of workplace. Yeah. There's a lot of criming Mm -hmm. happening for sure. But yeah, you know, ethically, legally, ethically. Yeah. True. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with Keanu. Fair uh, you said you had a special award. My favorite line, and I have to say, I have to be cognizant that this was about a rape. But when he said on a scale of one to ten, one being what happens at the Lomax household on a Friday <laughs> night, and ten being the most depraved acts of sexual theater known to man, what I did with your wife was around a seven. And he screamed it in his face. I, again, cognizant that he's talking about raping his wife. Yes. I found that line hilarious. And the way Pacino delivered it was spot. It was so good. It was like the best line reading. How he holds up his fingers and he's like, a seven. Like, it's so so good. So, Pacino, could you think of anybody better for the devil than Pacino? Like, this Pacino. It was because, so good. What, Can you imagine wor- Robert Redford or Richard Gere saying oh, that God, line? No. It would suck. No. It would suck. Robert Redford would have been trying to seduce Keanu with the line. Yeah. It may but, have worked. He's like, a handsome man. <laughs> he looks... I, I know he, he... He looks like a melted candle now. Yeah. Um, and has for about 20 years. But back in the day, the back natural, in the day, handsome yeah. dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Al Pacino like works on the audience as the devil because I did the same thing with you. I'm like, I know what he's talking about, but uh-huh. I love that he said it. I'm, I'm like, so entertained. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I feel gross, but like, you're the devil and you're fucking working on me while I'm watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't do most most uh, 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 accurate thing. Oh, yeah, most accurate thing. Yes, 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 yes. Most accurate thing. I'm going to say the questions and questions only of the first trial of the victim. That was in the running. I decided that it was going to be the witness prep. I thought him yeah. play acting as the prosecutor was very good. Yes, I like that. Most wrong. Ooh. Um, It had to be like the weird case where he was brought up to like select the jury and then they had, had the trial that yeah. day and then they had the verdict that day and the sun hadn't even set. Like, what was that? I don't even understand what, what that could possibly have been. I'm going to go most wrong... Also, the questioning of the victim in the first trial. <laughs> I will call those children as witnesses. <laughs> oddly, oddly enough, same award, but uh, yeah. same problem. But yeah, yeah, the there's a lot right in this movie. I was shocked it's, when I got done. It was pretty good. Probably because I mean, Keanu hung out with all of those trial lawyers. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, that's it. Um, you can find us at Movie Briefs on instagram and i believe it's at movie briefs at movie briefs pod you can find us at movie briefs pod on instagram and on twitter it's the same right yes and uh movie briefs pod at gmail.com is our email address yes good 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 good. and um yeah (laughs) find us on uh itunes and give us five stars and give us reviews that'll help people find us and um guys Next week or next month, liar, liar, liar. liar. We're Watch gonna it. do that one. Live it, <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right, we're in recess. We're in recess. We're in That's recess. What it is. We're in yeah, recess. recess. <laughs> gavel, 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 gavel. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.